0: you <laughs> get up in the mic and talk really loud it's going to clip
1: oh my, god. oh my god audio
0: is recording on my end i'm going to start screen recording
1: oh my god screen recording
2: oh my god
1: should you share the screen <laughs> brandy how you doing today that's good.
2: What yeah. is sharing? Oh, hey. What Hi, it,
3: that's me.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs>
3: Let's see what we got back here. Me, ooh, hey. Oh, that's
1: better. Oh, that's right. She's but seeing you're what not, you're doing. You're not getting that's the light. So oh, oh. Wow. are you seeing all that? I don't, I
3: don't know what all that is. Yeah, that's what
1: we're doing over here. Oh, you
3: who's can. F, who's FEC statement was that? Oh, that's,
0: that's your, yours.
1: Yeah. Well, we also have <laughs> Bernie's. Well, you we don't have Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we did our research.
3: I'm real. <laughs> there
0: it is. Okay, are you recording on your end? Um,
2: I was waiting for my cue. Well, we I know. Clap cue. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm recording the audio right now. The screen is recording,
1: so all of these are good. This is also going to be the intro when, when we put it out. Yeah, I'll just cut it out. No, don't. Oh. These are all good, you know? These are always good. Are you ready? until three, we're both going to clap. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> use the first one. No, use the second one. Hi, welcome to Your Thoughts Podcast. This is Jesse Martinez. And this is Tyler
0: Beck. And We've we, got... Did you want to introduce I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. We've got Charmin Esalen-Smith. I was going to say Sherman, that's why I didn't want to do it.
3: <laughs> Charmin, just like the toilet paper, only with an i I'm smarter, I'm stronger, I smell better than the TP, and I will clean up DC. Jeez. We don't need just any old TP and DC. We need Sherman. The generic T P we have that is now Trump Pence, Trump Putin, who knows which one's which. It's just a generic T P. It just seems like to me like it's just spreading the junk around and someone needs to come in and clean it up.
1: And it's you, Sharman. Is is that's gonna be you now?
3: Yeah?
1: Yeah. Wow. Sharman's running for president in twenty twenty. Sherman, Sharman. She's gonna Charmin. clean up D C and nowhere else. <laughs> just D C <laughs> <laughs> It's going to trickle down. Oh okay. Right now oh now. So we're doing the pyramid trickle down scheme with DC right. going in. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. So we're gonna talk about uh, you know being president. and We got some questions for you and okay. whatnot. Um, oh, you're out of frame. Yeah, I told you. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't listen to do you. Checks. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so talk talk uh, about you a little bit.
3: Okay, so I'm the author of the book Taming the Tita, and Tita is a Hawaiian word for an aggressive female personality that will fight cite- <laughs> Uh, i, gonna, I say It might be a Hawaiian word, and I'm really sensitive to cultural appropriation, but there is a little titta in every woman I have ever met in my entire life. You <laughs> may have proven that he could tame a shrew, but I'd like to think that I've proved that you don't tame a titta. Titta tame you. And as I see the rise of the women's movement taking place all over the country, I want women to embrace their inner kidda their inner and let the kidda out. We've been told to control our tone for entirely too long, and it is time for us to change the conversation. And it is going to take a kidda to do it. And I am here to let you know that while this is the craziest dream I have ever had, it is also the greatest and the most exciting thing I've ever done. Now, my book is a fictional story about politics, religion, and a reality TV show, giving Republicans a candidate capable of beating Hillary Clinton in 2016. I self-published in January of 2015, a full six months before Trump even announced his campaign, and a lot of what I wrote played out in real life, just not the way I wrote it. I wrote a beautiful, uniting story about... Uh, Uniting the Nation and the World Behind the Common Cause, of Eradicating Pedophilia. And as I have watched the Me Too movement come forward, the the issues with the Catholic Church come to light with the rest Mm -hmm. of the nation, there is now is the time, I believe this is the one topic that unites three-quarters of the voting population. I believe the death penalty for pedophiles is the trick to uniting the nation. Now, hmm. it might seem radical, and I understand a lot of people don't want to talk about the death penalty, but what I, what right. I want to express for all the people who got real excited about the death penalty for pedophiles is we have some laws in this country about cruel and unusual punishment, and all of your exciting ways that you have come up with to torture pedophiles just cannot be done. We have a law, a justice system, and we have laws that we must abide by. Now. I believe we need to revoke the statute of limitations on all sex-related crimes and allow the adult survivors the opportunity to punish their predators. So it is—it is a controversial topic. I know that it's a controversial topic. In order to break through the noise, you're going to have to be controversial. You're going to have to uh, be willing to, to say anything and fly your freak flag. Oh, I know. I'm controversial
2: every day of my life. You mean it. Yeah. I'm... <laughs>
1: Well, that's uh, that's all good stuff. I mean, those are the things that you need to talk about as a presidential candidate and ultimately a president. So, so is that Thank
0: your you. primary uh, objective? primary objective with your platform?
3: it's my number one issue on my platform it, it, there we we have a situation right now where we have politicians who are openly running as pedophiles and openly trying to mm. revoke the age the, the age of consent they, there are people who believe that if children can speak they can consent and there is an entire movement taking place that a lot of the country isn't aware of and it absolutely infuriates me and there is an attempt to infiltrate the LGBTQ Q communities, love is love movement, and they're trying to infiltrate that with their map, no map designation, where they're saying love is love, and anybody who is attracted to a minor should still be allowed to have their feelings, and we should accept them. They've created their own flag. It's very similar to the LGBTQ flag, but it uses pastel colors. They have given themselves a designation based off the ages of the children they like. There is a limit to what any human being can put up with, and I believe this is it. This is the issue that unites three-quarters of the voting population of our country. is protecting our children. If you think back to the, the transgender bathroom issue we, we've had in the last couple of years. I remember that. At the heart of this issue is the desire to protect children because we're afraid they're going to be molested. But we're we're pointing the finger at transgender people who are historically and statistically non-violent, not pedophiles, only interested in consenting adults, and we're pointing the finger at them. Meanwhile, the actual predators, probably the ones pointing the fingers, the actual predators are running around doing things, and they're super sneaky. They're really smart. It's not just this. It it's, it's like watching genius, but it is evil genius, right? And if you don't have that mentality, it makes it really difficult to anticipate how to overcome the issue. And so a lot of people aren't even familiar with what a map is or what a no map is. And a map is a minor attracted person. A person attracted to minors. A nomad <laughs> is a non offending minor attracted. I'm sorry.
1: Person. I just keep, in my own head, I just keep thinking like a minor, like somebody who mines. <laughs> I wish. I'm sure these the people the dirty hands. I'm so girls, into it.
0: Claim no. <laughs> <And then>, Cole. <laughs> I, I wrote this
3: book. Three, four years ago, and this movement now infuriates me on such a level. No, oh, it
1: should infuriate everybody. It's the ridiculous there's this thing. Other
3: thing. They have a group called NAMBLA. N A M B L A. Sounds super smart, huh? Like a mm, lawyer thought that up, doesn't it? National Association of Man, or National Man Boy Love Association. Oh, the Romans.
1: Yeah. They, the Romans. they started that a while ago. <laughs> oh, no, the, the Greeks, too. Yeah, Greeks yeah. did that, too. yeah. <laughs>
0: just, <Romans> were
3: notorious <laughs> they loved Good little
1: job. boys. It was like the best Good thing ever.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're seeing this insurgent with the white nationalism right and the yeah. Nazis did the Roman salute. There is a connection through history that we don't fully understand and the, the Catholic Church the Roman Catholic Church is notorious for protecting their pedophile priests and sexually abusing of people across the world and there is a huge problem that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah if and they now
3: is the time to do it it's, there was never a better time than now.
0: If they get caught, uh, in the church, they just get sent to another location. They don't actually, yeah, it's a slap <laughs> on the wrist.
3: I don't even, I don't even think they get in that now. Uh, they just get promoted somewhere else where they got a new fresh field of children, and that, that's just not okay with me. It's not even that talked shouldn't
0: about. Shouldn't be
1: okay with anybody, but
0: it shouldn't
3: be okay with anybody. Maps exist now. Maps. <laughs> church in the last few years, you know. Yes, church attendance down, but. There's still a tax-free status in our country, and I think that needs to be addressed, too.
1: Mm, Yeah, I, I think a lot of things need to be addressed. A lot of things these days need to be addressed. Those are definitely a couple of them.
3: Yeah. So Joe Biden said just recently that if you're good at connecting the dots, we need you now. Come forward now. And I'm really good at connecting the dots. And I always had a reputation for knowing things I couldn't possibly know. But my book was 400 pages of proof. It's a much better read post-election than it was pre-election. And any similarities to actual events, were not intended, but it does improve the quality of the read. And I, I'm working on turning it into a movie because I know a lot of people don't read. It's just a process. I I
1: like a I like that little disclaimer that you threw in there. Yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> just, like I'm working with a screenwriter. <laughs> it is true. Just, Breath, then we have to pitch to directors yeah. and we want the directors on board.
1: Hopefully <laughs> that director's not Louis C.K. <laughs> 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 in theaters by 2020. Wow. Oh, that would be... The timing would just be impeccable.
3: Yes, it would be fantastic timing. <laughs> oh, it's uh, almost like the universe has conspired in my favor to prepare me for this moment.
1: Which president was also an actor? Uh, Reagan. Reagan. Oh, yeah. you're the next Reagan. <laughs> Less... Uh,
0: well, she wouldn't be the actor. She'd be oh, actually, author just, behind okay, the, story. the author behind the story. Yeah.
3: Well, well so you know who I like more, actually, for the presidents? Because one of the things I did in my book was I did a, uh, I got an Ancestry.com account and mm. did the whole DNA Very thing. Cool, because yeah. the kid came forward and said all the presidents were connected to some king 800 years ago. So
2: mm.
3: I clicked leads for a 1,000 years to figure that out. And I shared the DNA tree back through history in the book. You know, in a fun way, because it's a reality TV show,
1: and you can't make it like too serious. Wait, was that in your book, or did a kid actually...
2: Yeah.
3: No, no. Whoa. Oh, wow. kid actually discovered that the, all the presidents are related, because she, so smart, decided to do the mother's family tree wow. as well. Like, that had nobody had ever considered to follow the mother's trees before, and this kid was the first one who did it. And she proved they're all related and good on her. So I got me an Ancestry.com account because I'd always been told I was related to James K. Polk. You know, you believe in You ever heard of Manifest Destiny? Yeah. James K. Polk, they taught us about that in third grade. I believe I can manifest my destiny too. That's why I wrote a book.
1: Do you think that we can manifest our own destinies as a podcast? Uh, Wasn't Manifest co-host?
0: Destiny the the concept of extending the U.S. all the way to the West? And he did. Yeah, he did. He's
3: actually, considered one of the most successful presidents we've ever had. Hmm. Kind of a smart guy. Only did one term. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: He actually. Found he knows
1: nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nodding my head.
3: Okay, I'm, so let me. Okay, so he's boring. Okay, so we know who he is. Let's figure him out. Let's connect the dots back through history, right? Because I found some really fun, really cool stuff, and I shared it yesterday with somebody for the first time. I think you guys are going to enjoy this.
1: I'm into it. Are you into it? Yeah.
3: So we all know the story, even if we don't realize we know the story, right? <clears throat> because Hollywood is amazing, and even though they're not an educational facility, you know, so they don't have to make things historically accurate, they have at least told us some really good stories. So we all know the story of Richard the Lionheart, and we all know the story of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and we all know who Robin Hood is. We just don't understand how it connects to. King John, and the Magna Carta, and our country, and our president. So what what we have to understand is that, you know, it was a different time. And and yes, thank you Hollywood for giving us some wonderful stories, but not historically accurate. So as I have pieced together the puzzle from what I have found, this is the way it lays out to me. Richard was gay and had no interest in producing an heir. So he chose his nephew, Arthur, to be his heir in the event that something happened. He left his little brother John behind to take care of the kingdom while he went off to fight in the Third Crusade. And the the barons went with him to go fight in the Crusades, right? Robin Hood went to go fight with Richard. And then Robin Hood came back and discovered the sheriff's wreaking havoc all over the place. Raping people, torturing people, taxing everybody to death, and John is the one that sets the, their, their sheriffs loose on the people in their community. So this this idea that 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 our police brutality is an issue, been an issue for 800 years. This idea that we're being taxed to death has been an issue for 800 years. So Robin Hood sends word back to Richard, who's off. You know, in the Holy Land, fighting a war, most of us don't even know why it started. And I actually think it started to end pedophilia, but who can prove it? I can't. It's just an idea. So the thing is, is that Arthur was 11. He was 11. That's Mm -hmm. why he left, that's why Richard left his brother John in charge of everything. Because 11-year-old can't handle this. John decided he likes power and he likes money. It was a good thing for him. So when Robin Hood came back and sent a message off and Richard came back, John killed Richard and Arthur, and John became king of England.
1: That's scumbag.
3: The same issue has been going on ever since. Now, now King John is credited with signing the Magna Carta, which is considered our Constitution's big brother. But he didn't voluntarily sign the Magna Carta. The feudal barons like Robin Hood forced him to sign it, and they forced him to give back some of the taxes. And then it was up to those barons to share that tax that they got back from the king with the people in their their kingdom, their communities, on their land. This is where trickle-down economics began. This is trickle-down economics is not Reaganomic. It's been around a long time. Now, the people in the community used to solve these problems with pitchforks and torches. But 400 years ago, America began. it has been different here ever since. Now, <clears throat> I am a Mayflower descendant, and 2020 is the 400-year anniversary of the Mayflower landing, and the Mayflower Flower Compact is actually a, a kind of decent document that we could potentially even maybe be proud of when you consider the history of um europeans and native americans so at least there was one example of us acting like decent human beings so i'm um, right. while i know while i know a lot of those um, these days so I, like i like immigrants even the dirty nasty ones that bring crime and disease because i am a dirty nasty immigrant that brought crime and yeah. disease and i don't think that we conquered a continent i sure think we plowed a path straight through the middle of it but it's my understanding that the indigenous people of this continent traveled freely across it for thousands of years before my ancestors showed up and started raping and killing everybody and taxing whoever was left. There, there, our country was started to escape that. And while it was started for the right reasons, we did some things wrong along the way. There's certainly things for us not to be proud of.
1: We're only shitty, shitty, shitty humans. You know, we're, I
3: mean, we're humans, and yeah. medieval feudalism is historically known for being incredibly violent. So, I, you know, I'm sorry, we did some awful things, and it looks like we would still have this immigration problem that we have to address. And Trump has really brought some things to my attention in the last couple of years because I'll be honest with you, I never had an issue with an immigrant. I never had a question about birthright immigration. Nothing ever bothered me. I knew it was all for a good purpose. I wanted as many people to come to America as possible. Send your criminals. I'll give them the death penalty. I'm not just going to send people to another country so they can rape and be pedophiles and torture other people. If I catch you, you're mine.
1: So you want the death penalty pretty support, pretty strongly.
3: I, I support the death penalty for pedophiles, so, violent rapists, and violent murderers. And that violent is very important as we continue to redefine our relationships between men and women. And the Me Too movement comes forward, and people are starting to define their opinion of rape. Our country is gonna have to have a tough conversation and it's gonna take somebody who's done the work to figure out how to handle their own issues to help everybody else with theirs.
2: So
1: <clears throat> when, tough conversation. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm this is a conversation that I like to have because it's awesome. it's it's odd, it's weird and nobody talks about yeah. it. And I yeah. have thoughts about this and I can't, I can't talk, talk about it to anybody. People.
3: But because we don't talk about it, we create this environment where it can flourish. These pedophiles, they're judges, they're cops, they're teachers, they're bus drivers, they're doctors,
1: they're they're
3: coaches. We know it's a problem and it's time for us to address it. Yes, We we have to have punishment so that people stop doing this stuff. This idea that you can be a non-offending, minor, attractive person is great. But okay, okay, I get it. You think about it, and you can't stop yourself from thinking about it. And so, thinking about it is one thing, but acting on it is
1: another. Well, yeah, but the controversy for me in that is that we have death penalties. Death penalties exist all over the place. It doesn't stop anybody from doing anything. If that was the case, we wouldn't have any death row inmates. But so we have thousands of death row inmates. It doesn't stop anybody from in doing fact, things. You know,
0: there are prison inmates that intentionally try to get on death row because they have more cushy lives doing that
1: oh yeah you live like a king well in, in a sense there's no issues until well, you die and then everything's just, just taken just care of until. a
3: really then. valid point because there's a lot of people who go to prison because it's nicer in prison than it is at their home
1: that's true yes and
3: you just brought up, just brought up a legit solid issue with our country and our well, society yes and, and no some- It's an opportunity for us to address it. So we have a criminal justice system, and it is not perfect. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be fully audited. We have people sitting in prison right now who are innocent. We have people who have been framed. We have people who we have had situations where some kid was accused of stealing a backpack and ended up in Rikers for six months. We have a justice system that is in need of a full audit and a re-evaluation of priorities. And that absolutely must be completed before another execution is done, period. The concept that we are locking up people for pop brownies for their entire life, and letting some pedophile get probation is unacceptable. think she just answer the big question
2: for us. And
3: as I yeah. as I talk about the importance of reevaluating our priorities, the justice system is at the top of my list.
1: Well, what is the justice system for? It was originally for rehabilitation. I mean, it's no. not necessarily even punishment.
3: No. The art, uh, the justice system that we follow in our country is based off of medieval feudalism, and it was designed for power and control so that people could be taxed. It is been around for the, what we have isn't new. It has not, evolved no. from the same junk for a long time. Now we have a bunch of laws that don't even make sense. And just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. We've seen that consistently throughout history. Slavery was legal. It wasn't right. It's not legal anymore. There, we, there's an evolution that has continued to take place in our country because of the rights and the freedoms that we are allowed and the free exchange of ideas to improve everybody's life. And the, the, we have a justice system that it, it is a great foundation for us to build upon. But one of the things I talk about in the book, my cousin was a cop before we met, and I, I got a real special education from him about the justice system through our marriage sure. and the, the the police issues that are very much on the forefront in the news today are things that I have been aware of for over 20 years because I had to hear it straight from his mouth. And we we have got to do something about the wolves who have infiltrated our sheepdogs. You hear this theme of wolves. And sheepdogs and sheep throughout the country. It's in the Bible. It's been around a really long time. Everybody's got their own twist on it. But our police, our military, there are our sheepdogs. They're there to protect us. They're there to protect the flock because most people, most of us are sheep. But there are wolves who have infiltrated this honored rank, and the sheepdogs can't tell them apart and it is a problem we have to address the predators that exist within our society our society and nobody gets a free pass just because of their job
1: so do you think that the system should be of punishment or do you think it should be trying to save those who have lost their way because right now the death penalty is a controversy and it's not being used everywhere it's only being used in some places But the idea of taking somebody out of society is not only to get them away from society, but they're still a human being that, and I, as a science person uh, who believes in science, there are reasons for people acting the way that they do. Um, A lot of the ideas that we have about human beings and emotions and the things that we do are created by us and our feelings emotionally, which is only a chemical balance in our bodies. So... For that chemical to be imbalanced, in a sense, can cause people to do things that we don't see as a society is a positive thing. So we don't have a lot of research on these kind of things, and we definitely don't have a solution scientifically. But to kill everybody, and I'm about the death penalty, and at the same time, I'm not um, because. because it's
3: hard. I get it's- it. I I do so Stephen Hawking. I, I wrote this book, and then Stephen Hawking came out with his theory on pal- para- parallel universes, yeah. and I had this flash of insight, and it blew my mind. Right. I, it's a very controversial topic, and I totally get it, and I, I absolutely, one of the things that I address the criminal justice system in my book, I talk about the fact that we have this saying about paying a, your debt to society, but just because you go to prison doesn't mean you have paid your debt to society. No. Some of these people, we send them there, and we we turn them into bigger monsters because we don't offer any rehabilitation. We're not helping we we put we put we put innocent or not innocent people but lesser crimes, the lesser criminal mind in with some of the most vicious people and there's a we're we're torturing and we're creating a bigger problem we have to address the fact that not everybody needs to be in prison there's only the violent people or the people that can't keep their hands to themselves
1: right but there's almost no money in doing that there's money in if if everybody in society to go to prison people would be rich people are rich now because they're they're throwing people that don't need to be in there in there the
0: prison industrial complex is a, a very large money hole.
3: It is a very large money hole, and it does need to be addressed, and it should not be for profit. Mm-hmm. Our prison systems should be government-run with government rules that sim- that are similar to our military rules of engagement that are very well detailed. Our government employees have very clear rules that they have and how they can behave and treat other people. And these private prisons just care about a buck and that's just not the way it needs to work. They're not providing any rehabilitation. They're not providing an opportunity for these people to come out of prison with a debt that has been paid to Society and begin to function in society. They have to be able to get jobs. They have to be able to find somewhere to live. And if there's a possibility they are dangerous, then they need to stay in prison. One of the things that I talk about is um, the victim's choice and the victim's right to choose and to participate in sentencing because maybe they do want to participate but maybe they don't and they should, victims should have the option to choose if they want to participate in sentencing, they should be able to say if they think the person should get the death penalty. Victims should have a vote on which punishment they get. And then the judge makes the final decision. And a judge has a list of of potential punishments for any, any, any criminal that they have now. But let's give the victims an opportunity to step up and say no. And if they have 50 or 60 victims, Put
0: it to a vote, if Charmin.
3: Victim,
0: Charmin, I'm sorry for cutting you off. You you seem really passionate about no, all of this. Not. We just we also have questions, and we don't have a lot of time. So
1: I do want to say one thing on that really quick because it was in my mind, and I don't want to forget it. Um, I forgot it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway, we have questions for you. Um, I just want to show you. We pulled up the FEC records. Uh, this is your.
3: My everywhere uh, I wasn't already scared
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's already publicly available <laughs> boom
3: no, but, like you just put it on the internet so now twenty billion people are going to be driving by my house <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's already on the internet yeah uh,
3: look at the house in Ohio it's prettier is it
1: pretty <laughs> super
3: pretty okay
1: we have about nine questions for you okay,
3: okay.
1: we'll go with the first one okay, okay so how do t- you oh yeah he, she's got him. We're oh gonna- okay <laughs> Yeah, well,
0: how do you intend on receiving the (laughs) DNC nomination and swaying superdelegate opinion?
3: Can okay, I so they're, up, they're redoing something that's super, so, super delicate, so I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time thinking about them. My number okay. one issue right now is to make as much noise as possible, to create as many followers as possible, and to break through the, the, the noise. It is hard when you're an unknown. I have a radio channel. I have a book. I'm going to be putting out a movie. I'm doing every interview I can find. I'm going to be streaming live on iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! I I am doing a lot of things to set myself apart from the pack. Every time somebody gets a survey that is emailed to them that says, "Who do you want to vote for in 2020?" and they give you an option to for other, please write in Sharman Smith. I need the DNC's attention. It is hard to get their attention, but I'm really good at getting attention. It's one of my
1: I hear. Uh, I hear. Blow are pretty loud. <laughs> <Just gonna laughs> cut I, all that noise. I intend to make some good noise. Just, just make one that when you press it, it says like your name in like 500 decibels. Just.
3: Well, <laughs> I do smooth, think Charmin so. rolls off the tongue really well. Charmin. <laughs> <laughs> I fun names. I don't need a last name. It's like Oprah, right? Charmin. Just call me. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it, it's really. It, I, I, I think we're going to be able to have a lot of fun with it too, because we yeah. have got to get people laughing again. We've got to
1: get people. I'm sick again. of serious candidates. You know what I mean?
3: I'm really good at getting people. Fake
1: serious candidates. Fake serious no. candidates. That's right. They
0: need to be serious, but they need to also not be fake.
3: They need to be smart, yes. and they need to be authentic.
1: Some of them are too smart.
3: Some real suggestions for ideas on how to solve our problems, not just point the finger and create fear. There's two types of leaders in the world. You know, there's the kind of manager you have that you're afraid not to follow. And then there's the kind of manager that you will follow from job to job to job because they rock. And that is, I'm <laughs> that. No, I have had employees follow me all over the place because I take care of my people and our country needs to be taken care of.
1: Yeah. So question number two. I want, I want this one. Okay. Can I have this one? Thanks, no baby. <laughs> Why'd you choose the Democratic Party? As opposed
0: As, to running third party.
3: So in 2016, I launched a write-in campaign. And while it was unsuccessful, it was very educational. And the reality is that with the Electoral College, there's only two ways to win. And one of them is the RNC nomination, which Donald Trump can get. And the other one is the DNC nomination. Now, the DNC has changed the rules where independents can't run as a Democrat anymore.
0: Which is why... uh, Bernie. They just
3: screwed him. And I think he would be the best be key in history. I think he and Joe Biden would duke it out for the rest of history for the number one slot. Some confidence
1: history. in this lady. Jeez. Oh,
3: Bernie. Hey, hey, my husband is from Vermont. I like them Vermont boys. Ooh.
2: You're, you're going to like your first dude.
1: <laughs> flirty president. I like flirty president.
3: Ooh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, well, let me tell you this one. Trump's president number 45, right? 4, 5, 5, 9. Yes. And I'll, I'll be president number 46. <laughs> 10, and that will be proof
1: once and for all the chance that a woman over forty can still be a ten. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, have you been practicing these lines since you were like nine years old? <laughs>
3: like, like, since before I was born. Wow. I I learned that a country <laughs> western song in the '60s, and it's
1: just itching for a remake. Ooh, dang. <laughs> all right, let's let's hit up question number three.
0: Oh no, we we answered uh, question three. Oh, yeah. right. Let's do four. What would you do differently with the U.S. budget? Because I know you've talked about that uh,
1: as one of your uh, platforms. Can you give me ideas. some of it? We would like some of our U.S. budget.
3: <laughs> so, this is what I can do. In the book, I use a Duck Dynasty reference to explain the importance of income fluidity. Right? Trump wants to say he was going to drain the swamp, but I proved he doesn't have a clue how the swamp was created or how to drain it. And my tax plan, my wage plans, are ways to poke holes in the dam that has created the swamp. But for the budget, one of the things that's different about me, right? I've been a homeless single mom. I've been a bill collector. I've been a mortgage underwriter. I and and I very. Thoroughly understand modern monetary theory and my concept is, is that we look at the budget as a whole not from the way the government does it but from the way a normal person would do it. You know, we have to figure out how much money is coming in and then we figure out how much we can spend. The government is confused. They think they can just go out and spend whatever they want and just take it out of our pockets and that's not the way this is going to work. And as a mortgage underwriter, when I look at someone's debt to income ratio, I can Consider what their biggest debt is, and I cap it because I consider that as financially healthy. And the idea that you can have a healthy amount of debt, we're never going to pay it all off, but it should be healthy and proportionate to what we're bringing in. And for an example, as a mortgage underwriter, my, my, my borrower's biggest debt is their mortgage, and I cap it at 29%. So the concept that the military gets 50% of our budget just doesn't work for me. The math doesn't make sense, and I want to make it make sense. What I really want to do it with a line item detail.
0: What, what? does your husband view uh, on that aspect? Since he's former military, or is he still currently military?
3: He is not. He retired in 2012. Hmm. Good year. He has. He has. He has a, uh, a civilian job. And he, what does he think of this? He, um, he has two political science degrees. We are very intelligent oh, and we know that we have a uphill battle ahead of us. He is worried that this is dangerous, we're smart enough to know who we're playing with and there's a lot of weird technology things that have been taking place at my house for a long time. Um, and it wasn't so weird until I got Google Analytics and it made a lot more sense. Um, but it is dangerous, and we know that what we're doing is dangerous, but we're also patriots, and we believe you know God, country, family in that order. And if we have to step up for our country and put ourselves in danger, we come from a long line of people who've been fighting this fight, and we're gonna keep fighting it too.
1: oh, i have I have one off the dome. can I can I get an off the dome question? Yeah, go for it. What are your thoughts on separation of church and state?
3: So, Mm-hmm. I didn't get to get it in my book, but I just discovered it last May. So I, when I did the book, I did a, uh, I did the whole tree, and I never got to finish telling you what's exciting going to happen next week with the whole side of the tree. Um, but I just discovered the Rogers side of the family tree and it dropped four presidents on me. It I wasn't expecting that. That that hit me from like left field. It dropped Washington, Monroe, Taylor, and Harding. And Harding has the coolest connection to the historic mansion I have in Ohio. And but Washington is, you know, spectacular. We got I mean right, that's a good guy. He's So we're descendant from John Rogers, who is the editor of the Bible. He's the dude who oversaw the translation from ancient Greek into English for the King James Version of the Bible. Hmm. And when King James died and Bloody Mary came to reign, the first decision she made was to turn England from Protestant to Catholic. And the first person she burned alive was John Rogers, the editor of the Bible, me and George Washington's granddaddy.
1: What a bitch.
3: is that the coolest (laughs) thing you ever heard? And I think we have a separation of church and state because our founding fathers knew the consequences of the state being in charge of the church. And I keep hearing that people say that George Washington was, was an atheist, but I don't think he was. I think he was a Roger Reed. Because the Rogers started the first new religion after that happened, and I was googling the Roger Reeds, and I was like, "Oh, these are absolutely my family. This is funny. Like we did the Netflix original series, the Roger Reed. Oh, gee. It is, it is, They are funny, and I think most people are Roger Reeds, even they don't, even though they don't realize it.
0: What does that mean to you, being a Roger Reed?"
3: my personal relationship with my christ and savior is exactly that it is my personal relationship and you should stay out of it and keep your opinion to yourself
1: dang that's fair fair enough definitely
3: and these guys were troublemakers they were funny oh my goodness it would be such a good time but let me go back to the post side of my family tree before before we go because on november the 9th something really important is going to happen. It's the two-year anniversary of Trump getting elected, but Netflix is releasing an original, and it's even getting a limited release in movie theaters nationwide, and it's called The Outlaw King. And Chris Pine plays one of my great granddaddies, and I think it is the perfect way to introduce Trump to my side of the family tree. Hmm.
0: That's pretty cool. Who Who is your... Pretty cool.
1: Historically, who is your great-grandfather?
3: Robert the Bruce.
1: The Bruce. Not Robert Bruce. He's the one and only Bruce. The <laughs>
3: Bruce. Right. You're not saying... There's, no the
1: There's no others. There's no others. That's right. right.
3: So so through the, through the Polk line, I found right, James K. Polk. I found Robert the Bruce. I found Robin Hood. It took me all the way to... Um King John, and a couple hundred years before the some Broad, who's absolutely my grandma. She's the funniest. Your
1: grandma's just ever. some broad. <laughs> just.
3: She is absolutely like, I have absolutely her grandchild <laughs> the stories I read about this woman from a thousand years ago, not a doubt in my mind. That's great. But I have this one dead end that made me laugh hysterically. And the last name was Doom. And it has no, it's got a great story. Doom. They escaped Germany and the woman is pregnant and the baby is born during a horrible storm and the mother dies and the baby still lives and they name it they give him the last name of Doom. And it just I don't know why, but it made me laugh, like, for a year and a half, it's, like, it's probably not healthy. I'm laughing at the Doom name, you know? Doom. Doom. And it's not just a Doom, it's the Kentucky Doom. Really, I don't know what it was about. Doom, y'all. Yeah, it was like a Doom. And so a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago, I just ran to the computer and started researching it, and I came up upon Somebody else
1: who found the same dead end and there's a bunch of websites and there's a bunch of links and he's written a bunch
3: of books. Guess who I'm related to? Uh James K. Rowling. I don't even know who that is. Me either. I, you said guess, I guess. <laughs> John, I mean,
1: it's fantastic. Frank <laughs> and Jesse James. Oh, is my uh my stepfather's related to Jesse James.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah,
3: I was really excited. and it was awesome to me to think of the James brothers being related to
1: Robin Hood. Also odd. A little separate on the spectrum of rich to the poor. <laughs> James the James family was kinda dicks, right? Am I right? I
3: mean I mean they they, they come from a long line
1: of so That's true. It yep. much. Long line of long dicks, yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, I come from a <laughs> long line of beautiful women that never looked or acted their age, but these guys certainly seem to come from a long line of jerks. That's,
1: that's right. Mm-hmm. Except for Robin Hood, because his tight pants right. were just... Mm. But, <laughs> Robin Hood. That's, that's right. Really Oof. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on to the next question really quick. You didn't
0: answer the, what did would it? you do differently with the U.S. budget? I did. You talked
3: about the debt-to-income ratio and the budget, and... That I mm. gave the example yeah. of my tax plan and poking holes in it and reevaluating that it from the perspective that we can have a healthy level of debt And I would cap the military budget at 29% not mm. 50% of our budget there's a, there, there's a reevaluation of priorities that needs to take place and the idea that our military is getting 50% of our budget absolutely doesn't fly with me and let me be clear I am a military brat and a military spouse I have She's been a listed spouse <laughs> a commissioned spouse and a retired Stuff. I love our military. I will not allow them to be mistreated. I will not allow our veterans to be abused. We have made promises to them and we are going to keep them.
1: Good, good answer. Okay. Twice. You answered twice. twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's our bad. Um, the next question is and I don't, this one's kind of weird. Um, where's your funding coming from? Is that a weird question to ask? No, that's a fair question. No, right now it's
3: all coming out of my pocket. Oh, good. I don't I don't want to ask for don I have I decided not to ask for donations until after midterms were over because yeah. I want people to fund their candidates. And I'm a former bill collector and mortgage underwriter and Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's expensive. Right. I might yeah. not ask for donations until the first of the year. My husband would definitely like me to start asking for donations.
1: Yeah, of course. I yeah. mean being the president this is expensive. Dave,
3: I love you, but this is like a car payment every month. Can we does this really what, what can donations, donation honey? When is the donations coming? <laughs> yeah. And like, they don't even worry about it. You don't do our budget. You don't understand what the numbers are. Keep working. I love yeah. you. <laughs>
0: it it seems a bit extreme, but looking at the FEC records, Trump's candidacy has like thirty million already invested into his twenty twenty presidency.
3: Yeah, and He is paying several people the highest allowable salary for anyone in a campaign just to keep their mouths shut.
1: Wish I was that guy.
3: Yeah, (laughs) me too pay in those people more a month than I put into this campaign oh, yeah. so far. Oh yeah. So there there are thresholds that that you have to file paperwork after a certain point. Hmm. But they passed a new rule this year that if you keep it under fifty thousand dollars in the year, you don't have to file any paperwork. And so part of the reason why I don't want to have for donations is I don't want to have to file the paperwork and figure it out until two thousand and nineteen when I have a whole sucks. year to do it. Mm-hmm. And if Trump's not going to show us his taxes, I don't really see anything wrong with me using the system not to have to file any. I am, I promise you, I am the cheapest fraud on the planet. You absolutely want me to have the budget.
1: You're odd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. Uh, the next question is uh, kind of a personal one. What was your favorite band when you were 16 years old?
3: I was just thinking about that. Like, where was I at 16? I was living in Idaho. Oh,
2: my uh, you
3: I, I
1: was, Our camera ladies from Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> Idaho.
3: Idaho. Idaho. I am, Yeah. Damn. I mean, I just, give me my money.
2: I hope. Um, I, I just have to say. I've
3: heard that Idaho joke a couple too many times, yeah. baby.
2: I hope you
1: like this when you become president. I think <laughs> that would be great. This
3: is who,
2: this is who I am. You know there's, I, Tax cuts, bitches. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that I always heard from people that I managed was they didn't always like what I had to say, but they always liked how I said it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to enjoy that about me. That, oh, yeah. That's one of the perks, mm-hmm. for sure. And there, there's going to be times we need to be serious. There's going to be times we need to be emotional. You know, that EQ is really important. Um, there's there's going to be some fun, and we, we need to enjoy each other as much as we can. Cool. But it, it, it needs to be serious sometimes, and I'll be serious when i need to be.
1: Definitely. So what was your favorite band when you were 16?
3: Okay, so uh was like, uh, what year was 16? That had to be 91?
0: 92? It had to be Nirvana. <laughs> it had to be Nirvana. It had to be, Nirvana. <laughs> to
3: be Nirvana. it had to be Teen Sweat, right? That had to be it at the moment.
1: Teen Sweat?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, Teen Sweat. No, no, yeah, that
1: was, that's yeah, Teen Sweat. Nirvana smells like Teen Sweat.
2: Yeah. It,
0: it was, no, that's exactly what it was. No, it's the deodorant.
1: Yeah, Teen, it was, a uh, de- don't think you know this, but when Nirvana came out with that uh, album, they just had a contract with Speed Stick, and uh, that song is actually about, um,
2: <laughs>
1: it's actually about deodorant, if you really think about it, like, go, when we get off of here, listen to it, and just think, I'm like, how, you know, how does this relate to putting deodorant on? So it smells like Teen Sweat by Nirvana, <laughs> Speed Stick uh, branding. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on to the next uh, <laughs> question here. <laughs> um, this one's one that we've talked about on the uh, – the, I almost said Comcast.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Comcast the Sponsor the podcast, Us. Yeah. Sponsor Us, <laughs> Comcast.
1: Um, this is one that we've talked about. It's the legalizations of drugs, primarily cannabis, but drugs in general. What are your thoughts about that? And uh, So before I ask, there's these things now. I'm sure you know about them. They're the safe spots for people um, – to do heroin, to, uh, basically. Um, and the reason is because a lot of people are dying of heroin overdoses. And we've put laws in effect all over the place, and people aren't going to stop doing it. So they're, to battle it, they created safe spots for people to safely do what they're going to do with doctors around um, to make sure that we're saving people to save them instead of them dying before we could. What are your thoughts on things like that?
3: So you'll be happy to know I address this in my book, and there's a whole chapter on my opinion cool. on the full legalization of all drugs in their natural form, and the rescheduling and the reevaluation of the priorities for everything that's on the schedules for what is illegal for mm-hmm. federal drugs. Um, a lot of the pharmaceutical drugs we have are synthetic recreations of the real thing. poppy, yeah. heroin. Oh, it pain,
1: makes you addicted.
3: Marijuana. The, the idea that yeah, yeah. um uh, magic mushrooms can heal PTSD, as somebody who has PTSD I always wanted to shroom and I never had the opportunity to but now, like, I'm a grown person running for president, I need a doctor who knows how much to prescribe, and someone who will babysit me, because apparently there are monsters in your mind you have to confront them, like, I think we should have people who know what they're doing helping everybody handle these issues, and helping people with their drug use, one of the things that is really unique about me Is that I don't see drug use as a problem. I see it as people self medicating their personal issues. We have been, we're comfortable with this concept from veterans from World War II becoming alcoholics to self medicate their PTSD. It's the same concept. And as we have politicians who are calling for the death penalty for drug dealers and drug users, it absolutely infuriated me because a lot of them. Have been sexually abused and they're using this this medication marijuana for a way to treat their stress <coughs> and their symptoms and yes. I think it should be legal and oh ooh. and if you have to be have it prescribed to you for medical purposes then your insurance should cover it
1: so you believe that's fantastic so a lot of these drugs aren't being um, tested Sexually against a lot of test things like um, Anything Schedule 1 is Yeah, and you can't uh, test, anything
3: test it. Anything Schedule 1, right. So are you... But we have colleges who are using magic mushrooms in...
0: John Hopkins uh, University.
3: And down in Tampa for the purpose of treating PTSD. And they're finding it to be incredible yeah. for healing depression. Yeah.
1: It, but it will stay a Schedule think, 1.
3: And, and I think it's the way to break our addiction on heroin Because the, we have to be using the natural form of these things we, When we mix them, when we lace them When we start cooking it up in a kitchen somewhere or a spoon That's in bathroom. goes wrong It's my
1: favorite way <laughs> <laughs> Spoon just gives it this nice oomph, you know um, Yeah. Oh yeah, you have no idea <laughs>
3: Their own thing. I'm all about consenting adults making appropriate decisions. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about Americans is, is, that every time you tell us we can't do something, we run right out and do it. Oh, we're
1: children about it. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> <if you laughs> I do that all the time.
3: drugs, make the drugs legal.
1: I agree. I'm with you on that. Charmin and toilet paper 2020. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> <on it.
3: laughs> Toilet paper
1: president. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, Disclaimer for myself, I've never done heroin ever in my life. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Me neither. There's
3: a lot of things I haven't done, but I I, I get it that people like it. And I had an opportunity when I was writing this book. I was living in Kentucky, and Mitch McConnell was up for his reelection, And I had an opportunity to watch that, and that was fascinating. For somebody who pays attention to politics – his election was a masterclass in how to allow somebody to beat themselves. And I, man, you know what? If we really want to talk about legalizing drugs, we got to talk about legalizing cocaine.
2: Mm,
1: indeed.
3: Yeah. It, so it, it blew my mind to watch Mitch McConnell's reelection. There's a he was he was losing there was this beautiful young girl her dad had been in politics the that'll do supporting it them. And she was beautiful no. right the Clintons are supporting him she's going all over the state you huh. know throwing him a retirement party you know she's just beating him up everywhere she can she's ahead of him in the polls three days before the election it's all over the news Mitch McConnell's white dad because she's Chinese and her dad owns a shipping company. His barges were found loaded with cocaine. I heard about that. Three days before the election. They go to the election. He wins by 15 points. It was like the coke snorters woke up and realized where the blow comes from. <laughs> and they came out to
2: Wow!
3: And I never expected that. That shocked me. And so I have been paying attention ever since. And if we really want to talk about the legalization of marijuana, we need to talk about the legalization Mm. of all drugs in their natural form. And we need to be addressing taxing it Mm. because even if we tell people they can't use cocaine, they are still going to use cocaine. We need Mm. to be monitoring it, making sure that they're being responsible.
0: And this, this inter uh, interconnects with the whole prison industrial complex thing as well with the overpopulation of prisons with, uh, drug users or uh dealers. Yeah.
1: Pushers. Mules. Mm-hmm. People who like to shove balloons up their butts. Those those <laughs> kinds of people really. Or condoms. <laughs> Cond- whatever gets the heroin there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very cool. Uh so my next question is your husband is that like a solid thing or <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean
3: most of the time. He's got
2: that's not that long, yeah, I think. You know?
1: if
3: any man my <laughs> the Nobel Peace Prize, my, ten
1: my sure. wife is behind. <laughs>
3: <Just kidding>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give me the cold one. Um, yeah, both cool. of our girlfriends are yeah, over there. Over
3: there. Yeah. Like not funny, dude. Not funny it too, is funny. She can there, suck so on
1: you. <laughs> 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 um, th- do we have any more questions? We, we have, actually, I have, think we have, have two. One more. Yes. Yeah. Hook it up. Please tell me you believe in that shit. Yeah. So I have. Oh, I don't like really
3: it. Really different perspectives on climate change, right? Because I didn't talk about anything normal, so of course I got this one weird too. Yeah. And when I wrote the chapter on climate change in my book, it was absolutely the most terrifying chapter of my life. I've so never you... been so scared and shaken. Oh, it's, and it's scary.
0: Wait, one question before that. What is your view on clean coal? Clean
1: Where's coal. dirty coal.
3: Have you ever, have you ever
2: touched coal? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're like, honestly, like, have you ever touched it? When yeah. we moved to Kentucky, the house we rented had a coal storage portion, and there was coal down there. Like, you can't make it clean.
0: It's the cleanest it's energy cool. for him. It is the cleanest it's energy.
3: The only time it is clean is after it has had a ton of pressure put on it, and it has turned into a diamond. leaves that stuff alone.
1: So, we, you don't, no coal, no clean coal <laughs> energy.
3: No, no, there's no clean <laughs> coal. One of my grandfather's died from black working in a coal mine so no I don't buy- yeah
1: but like like as a coal miner that's like you I don't think you understand that's like a right of passage dying from black lung. <laughs> <I> like- <laughs> <laughs> survived- retirement is a slap to the face for a coal miner <laughs> oh my God. so I think you'd be taking away some passage rights if you were uh, to get rid of all that clean energy <laughs> Well, you know,
3: Kentucky before coal was a big money maker. Their biggest money maker was industrial Asses. hemp. Asses.
1: Oh, industrial hemp, yep.
3: <laughs> With industrial hemp. And they have a law that makes it legal for people to grow industrial yeah. hemp. And the last two years is the first time they've actually done it, and they're making a ton of money. So much though, that Mr. Mitch McConnell passed a law nationwide. Uh-uh. Industrial hemp legal. But do you know it's not in the news very often? You know why? Because buddies are going to control the profit.
1: Yeah, no, we do know that. People suck. Yeah,
3: yeah. So let me get back to climate change. So I have a very different perspective. I think we need to embark on a massive decarbonization effort, and I think that industrial hemp is the way to do it. We have cut down 50% of the earth's trees in 30 years. We have no way to quantify the impact the lack of oxygen has on each individual person, uh, their ability to manage their mood. We, We really don't understand. It's hot. The water's getting hotter. The air's getting hotter. The storms are getting worse. Things are getting worse. There's a second portion to that for me. And I believe the next massive land shifts are coming. I the, the We don't fully understand continental drift or the way the land masses move across our planet. And we're finding pockets of oil all over the planet, and they're near friction points. So when I wrote the environmental portion, of the chapter of the book, I used a classic car to explain climate change because I think that you we expect, we expect real climate change when we get the gear heads involved. And I so the, the idea that you could have your dream car and take the oil out of the engine just doesn't work for me, right? What happens when your engine runs out of oil? It seizes or you throw a rod. And you don't want either one of those two things to happen to your dream car. Why would we allow it to happen to our planet? That oil needs to be there for a reason. If we look at the volcanoes, we look at the earthquakes, we look at the mudslides, we look at the sinkholes, the reality is we got a monster lake of lava sitting underneath Yellowstone, and it vented just over 2,000 years ago in Idaho at a place called Craters of the Moon. We we could be potentially sitting on a landmine. One of Russia's ideas to destroy our country is sending a missile to where they think the center of the the Yellowstone lava field is. is because they think it she will cause it, it it will cause it to erupt and cover our country with lava 8 inches thick it would kill everything
0: not only that but the just the ash flow of that eruption would would pollute the entire knock out the sun it, kill our crops all that good stuff everything jazz. the way
3: the jet stream works from Canada to Mexico would be would be lost
0: yeah north america would be so nightmare. fucked
3: and and I think it is a matter of time before this next big shift comes, and I don't think we're remotely prepared. No. Right? I I it is the I got goosebumps everywhere just thinking about we it. We just it it is it is going to be mayhem, and it's not going to be like the cute Allstate guy. It is going to be real mayhem millions are going to die it's going to be catastrophic and i do not want to see a situation where we have heavily armed pedophiles and rapists Jesus. running around <laughs> with all the breaking loose i want to clean this mess up now
1: heavily armed rapists
3: <laughs> I mean, come on like how many guns do you need we, we can't figure out which 25. teachers are having sex with kids, need... but now we're going to arm them. No, twenty-five guns no. at the
1: very least.
3: Yeah, 25. yeah. Yep. you know, and so we have to work on. Um, building community and identifying good people and how to identify bad people. And one of the things I talk about is the importance of playing 20 questions with someone because you really don't know who you're dealing with. The discussion is dead. Them for 20 years. And so some people like to joke about rape and incest, and they think it's funny. And everybody kind of just goes along because <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You feel nervous. Sometimes. Right? Like, oh, come on, man. Thing, Read a room. Fun, is, is this not funny anymore? It's not funny it's just stop. Like for right now, like nobody needs to be making rape or incest jokes. It's not funny. And so when you confront somebody, they get really defensive. Yeah. And, and and you can you can tear apart somebody really easily and allow them to tell you more than they meant to tell you. And when someone shows you who they are, you need to believe them the first time. We it is it's the the idea of pedophilia. If they're old enough to crawl, they're in the right position. It's
1: not a funny joke. You just made a joke. You, n- you did it.
3: Okay. I heard it in a movie. It's You need to reevaluate <laughs> that person, right? We, yes. We have to have a conversation with people. We have to be willing to say, I don't like that. Don't say that. That's not okay. And it's not because I'm oversensitive. I mean, it is. I'm super oversensitive, right. and i got all the traumas and t-shirts to prove it. But God, stop it. It's not funny. And right now... We need to figure out who the people are that we can trust. And if somebody's deliberately doing stuff that upsets you, you can't trust them. And when all that breaks loose, do you want them in your foxhole with
1: you? It's kind of difficult with billions of people just in our nation alone to weed out things like that. They're really good at hiding. They're really good at not getting caught because we've caught millions. There's still probably a few billion people out there doing that. It's very hard to weed them out.
3: I think hold it's on. a smaller population than we realize. Uh, can you hold I, that thought I, thought? I really do. I, I think. Charmin. That,
0: but can you hold that thought? Our camera died.
3: You just plugged it in.
0: Is the other one good?
1: Sorry about that, Charmin. We know you were in a heated. You were heated about
0: it. I
3: have weird technology issues.
2: You I do? always have weird technology issues. Know.
3: There was one time I had like an interview cut off three times. And we'll we continue on this Poor guy was just. He was, He's like I don't understand. Never happened. That's
1: fantastic.
3: Yeah, somebody didn't want us to have that conversation.
1: Okay, we can continue. Okay. Um, was there another question? Did we? have Oh,
3: that we got to the nine on the list.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. So. Good. Cool. 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 Very cool.
0: Oh, we didn't talk about the electoral college. What is your view on the electoral college?
3: I, I think it's time for it to go.
2: I, well, I, I, the uh, thing is,
3: so though. Yeah. So this is the. So in two thousand, I was turned away from the polls in Florida because the DMV messed up my voter's registration when I updated my driver's license. So I didn't get to vote in 2000, and I was angry when George W. Bush won by the Electoral College because of Florida. That made me mad. Mm-hmm. And I don't think – I understand why we have the Electoral College. I understand it There's had its There's a lot of purpose. people on
1: this planet, man.
3: Right. I understand it had its purpose, but it is not – it is not consistent in the way that it is doled out. You know, a vote in North Dakota is more valuable than a vote in California, and that is ridiculous. I think one vote should count for one person, and I think that the time for the Electoral College has come to an end. I, I think that there haven't been enough studies to determine and quantify the impact that the 2000 election had on voters and their turnout when the guy with the most with the least votes won. I think that, I don't think we fully understand what that does to the American psyche when the guy with the least votes won. The second place won. People don't like that. They complain about participation trophies. And it's been a hot mess ever since. I think, it, I think the Electoral College has outlived its time, but it is our voting system of record. And the only way to win is with the DNC nomination.
0: There's and a lot of money. There's also an argument. A lot of money. A
3: lot of money. I could have won the Mega Millions and the Powerball back to back, and probably not had enough money to fund this campaign. <laughs>
0: the, the Mega Billions. <laughs> the mega Quatrillions.
3: Mega, <laughs> mega Billions.
0: There is an argument to be made about the the uh, the presidency also having run its time. What do you What do you view on that?
3: I, I don't think that the presidency has run its time. I think that the concept that there are only three requirements in order to become president has run its time.
1: I don't know. What are the three
0: requirements?
3: <laughs> you only have to be 35, born in this country, and lived in the continental and the contiguous United States for the last 14 years.
1: Oh right! Oh right! Those those three that I didn't. Know I, about I do remember that. that. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs>
3: that's,
1: <laughs> it. that's it. That's I a that's so, insane. So,
3: Trump spends a lot of time complaining about first-generation Americans, but he is a first-generation American, and he's just rolling in here and taking credit for 400 years' worth of hard work to try to figure out how to get where we're at, and he's screwing it up. And it has come to my attention that the problem that we have is not with our brown immigrants. It is with white people thinking they can just roll into this country and take over. And I get it. This country has a history of that sort of thing happening. So Trump thinks that he's just going to come in here and bring all those people that are supporting another team, and they're just going to take over from the inside. And that's just not the way it works in America. And that's not how Americans think. And there needs to be a change, but it has to come from Americans. And for as many things as I despise about Trump, because for me, watching his candidacy and his presidency with my book, it was like watching my dream turn into a nightmare. Hmm. But he has, he, has, he has done something I wanted to do with my book. I wanted to get people engaged and participating. And even if I can't stand him, because of him, more people are running for office than ever before, 444 women in this midterm. More people are registered to vote. More people are protesting, and they're participating in the process. For a long time, we were on autopilot with our politicians. Right. And... We, we all collectively kind of came together and commiserated over our mutual disgust of our elected officials so, and Trump has ruined that in the last few years like, what he dished out to Obama he's reaping what he sowed do now. you think because the way he treated Obama for eight years and now he thinks people are just gonna be kissing his behind when he set the example for how we're supposed to behave there's there is a uh, there's, there's a there is a lack of common sense that exists within him because he doesn't really understand what it means to be an American. In my book I talk about the appropriate American response. And when you tap into that, you unite us all together and we're un. But he is a constant example of the inappropriate American response. And he has brought a lot of really good things to my attention, and I appreciate it for him. And the idea that we have people in this country who would rather be Russian than Democrat, I have offers for them as well. And once I'm elected president, I will help them liquidate all their assets. I will cash them out of everything that they have paid into Social Security. I will ensure that their travel documents are fully in place, and I will help them get to Russia.
1: You're so cute. It'll be the best money <laughs> we ever spent. All right. Um, I am
3: truly curious to see how many Republicans turn their back on Trump just to line their own pocket.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, we are out of time for this session.
3: Thank you. Of course, yes, yeah. thank you for being on. In. Yes, Absolutely. we
1: did. Yeah, definitely. That's... I mean,
3: like so much information. <laughs> this is great. I appreciate you guys. Excellent questions. Very smart. Mm-hmm. I like. Thank you. you, all. you.
1: This was a uh, Sherman Ultra president.
0: Sherman. <laughs> such an asshole.
1: I know. Um, yeah. So that was a presidential hey, podcast.
3: A, a guy because his last name is Whipple.
1: Whipple. I would marry that guy too.
3: Remember Mr. Whipple? Do you guys old enough to remember all the Mr. Whipple commercials? I'm, I'm
1: 17. No, so, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> He's not 17. <laughs>
3: There's a lot of facial hair for 17. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, guys, that's gonna wrap it up. I'm Jesse Martinez. I'm Tyler Beck, <laughs> and we will see you uh, the next time.
0: Have a good one. Thank you for being on, Charmin.
3: Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Bye. Bye.
1: That was it, Charmin.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks for running
1: that was <laughs> fun that was fun yeah do it again sometime when you're president I or whatever it'll so, give us a lot of recognition
3: yeah absolutely and when you when you post it make sure you tag things and hashtag things like charm 2020 and punish the predators and saving the titta and whatever punishing like, the predators the sounds things. more like they would have fun i'm still with learning it. the hashtag thing <laughs> um, <laughs> But predators. I need help with
1: anything. So anytime you guys are bored and you want to help, I you know I, I need help. We got you, Sherman. Sherman, got it.
3: Bye guys. He used to call me Sherman Tank, and I was just mowing him over every chance I got.
0: You know, I wanna, so I I want to give you, stuff, you a huh? behind the scenes lookout. Uh,
2: okay. hmm, yeah, what
1: we got going on here? Yeah.
0: My girlfriend says she looks <laughs> awful, but I'm going to show you anyway. Oh,
2: jeez. <laughs> Did the camera just fall? Yeah, okay. So, Safe.
0: Here's the camera operation.
3: I know this is for She has
0: to and be there. She's a huge that's, part of this podcast. That's Whatever. Jessie's
3: girlfriend. Um, I, I like it. Maybe should have blended a little better before I got on here. Look at this. i over here. I, I feel the girlfriend. i to too.
2: All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being on again. Thank
3: you. Have a good day. I appreciate you guys. Bye. Take care. Bye.
2: Bye.